You are listening to the official Acts 2 podcast. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.acts2orlando.com. Everybody fill out their red card. Fun story. When I worked in college admissions years and years ago, it was actually my first of three careers. Um, I was in South Florida filling in for somebody that my territory was actually New England. Any New Englanders in the room? Yeah, it's fun, different breed. Um, but in South Florida, also a fun, different breed. So anyway, we had two different reply cards people could fill out. One was tan. This is stats in the colors. were, were um, you know, either white and green or tan and green. And then green ones. So if you're at a high school visit, they would fill out the green one. If you're at a college fair, they fill out the tan one. That's how we knew what they were filling out, right? No joke. I'm in South Florida. The looks I got on people's faces when I said, like, hey, please turn in your green cards was not cool. So, Yeah. Always know your audience, right? Yeah. Um, so, hey, guys. Good morning. Good morning. So good to see everybody, and I love this season. Um, yeah, so, you know, talking to Andrew this week, and um, I don't know if, if, if you've done speaking before, you've, you've done speaking in ministry, uh, one of the things that I like to do just as God gives me little nuggets or little bits of revelation, I will put it into my, the notes on the phone. And what I love is that Apple will connect your computer, your iPhone, your iPad, or any other iThings out there, uh, as Andrew likes to call them, your isolation unit. Um, so, you know, that way I've kind of got a running list of things. And I was just thinking, okay, what do I want to go through? And, and some of the things have just kind of picked my, my interest or have just sort of sprung out to me over the last few weeks, um, you know, ranging from where Jude actually talks about the three deadly sins of the soul and references three people, or, or maybe wanted to hit on, you know, just getting through a dark season and learning how to lean on your beloved as you come out of it, or Thanksgiving's coming up, or it, there's so many different things running through my head and, and my heart, and you finally just settled on, you know, I'm bringing it home. You know, the message that I love that is just, it's something that I've had to learn and, and love to walk in is God is good. And as part of our mission statement, we're going to talk about that today. I love that the worship team just sang that through and through today. So thank you, guys. Um, you know, I can also talk about anything that Andrew talks about because it's so good and so quotable. Um, so anybody see the movie Hitch? Yeah, I love the movie Hitch. I love. So forgive me. I'm going to have several movie quotes in addition to scriptures. So, but but for you know for bringing it home for me, like you know, God is good is kind of like right here. This is where we keep it. We don't want to see any. None of that stuff. So we're living right here. Yeah, and then if I do, then someone slap me and go, don't ever do that again. So, um, so here's the thing. Find a truth and be true to it. Find a truth and be true to it. And when you do that, you start to realize, okay, this is something I can rely on. This is an anchor that God has given me. It's like you know, walking through scripture. When you find one, let me ask this. Who has found a scripture that you've had to learn to live out? It's not just, oh, this is really cool, or oh, I really like it, or it kind of means something. It's like, you know what? I, you know, I had to stand on that word in a life or death situation and say, God, you're good. This, this is it. I'm believing this particular thing. And it's, yeah. And when you do, you kind of own that scripture. You know, it doesn't matter what comes up. You just, you just kind of know. Um, you learn the dependence on that. And, and one of the things that I've had to learn here is, you know, again, God is good. Um, he's unchanging. And I love that. I love that so much about him. So um, our mission statement, I love it. Who can tell me the mission statement? I know Andrew can, (laughs) and I can too, right? Transformation through encounters with Jesus and the 
revelation of God's goodness. It is a revelation. It really is. Um, next movie, who's seen a Christmas story? Ralphie, right? You know who I'm talking about, right? Ralphie and Randy, and he wants the BB gun. Um, family favorite in our household. And it, well, at least for me, I think it's the juxtaposition between the very highbrow narrator and the very proletarian family. It just kind of intersects in this really funny place. Uh, the younger kids in our family don't like it as much, but the older ones, we always we just kind of crack up about it. But next to not getting the BB gun, what was Ralphie's biggest fear? His dad. If you watch it, his dad. He's afraid of pleasing his dad. He's afraid of not pleasing his dad. And even little Randy's afraid too, like when Ralphie got in trouble for beating up the bully, which is pretty awesome, by the way. But, um, you know, what happened? He, he's underneath the sink and the mom's like, what's going on? Daddy's going to kill Ralphie. No, he's not. Yes, he is too. You know, love kids that had that word too at the end. Um, but that was the biggest fear in, in him. If you kind of watch that movie, he's really deathly afraid of his dad. And unfortunately, that just carries over for a lot of believers with our Heavenly Father, right? Um, we don't run to him when things go wrong or when we screw up. And with my earthly father, I mean, guess what? I can think of one time in my life I got a speeding ticket. It was my first one. So I was like 16. You know, I had this ridiculous brown Chevy Impala V8, 1979 brown and rust Chevy Impala. I called it the brown beastie. And you may have been exceeding you know, the speed limit a little, little bit, and uh, cops just sitting right there, and I got nailed. And that's the first and only time I think I came to my dad right away and said, hey, here's what happened. I need your help. But all the other times, I didn't. And when you start to learn that about Heavenly Father, you know, people somehow sort of project that on him, or they have this old covenant mindset, like he's out to get you. Right, and, and I think we all know that that's not the case here, but as, as we look at the attributes of God, right? We, who, who was taught as a kid the three attributes of God, right? The omniscience, the omnipresence, and the omnipotence, right? So you got all-powerful, all-knowing, and ever-present in everything. But there's one other one that I wasn't taught as a, a kid that really does stand out to me. He's immutable. He does not change. Now, here's the, the rub. If you believe that he's out to get you, that's a really crappy place to be because he's not changing. <laughs> but when you have a revelation of his goodness, that is a great place to be. It's a lot of fun. So, you know, just before accepting Christ, that, that actually was me on the flip side. I remember telling Roe vividly in, in our kitchen at one point, like, God just doesn't like me. He does not want to bless me. Like, I was declaring it. What a dumb thing to declare. I was wrong. I blamed him for everything that went wrong in my life, and I was so wrong. Um, and it was one of those really wild moments. You had like a couple of things. You know how sometimes God just orchestrates things in your life? You know, like these couple little steps just happen, and you, you kind of look back, you connect the dots backward, and you're like, whoa. So I had a friend who wanted to give me a CD. I had to hear it. And it turned out he gave me the wrong one, but it was absolutely the one I needed to hear. It was really the right one. And it was a Joseph Prince CD on grace. I'd never heard about grace, like ever, right? And then shortly after, I'm reading a, uh, a book by Mike Bickle called Passion for Jesus. So my family's in Ohio for Thanksgiving. This is a long time ago. And I'm by myself, and I'm reading that book. And I vividly remember on the floor, like, sobbing. I'm like, not a pretty cry. We're talking, like, ugly, ugly cry. Like, God, is this really you? Are you really this good? 
and it's like when you get that revelation, you just, you know, you, you can't stop believing that. So we're gonna, we are going to run through some scriptures. Don't worry. We're going to get into that now. But I think John captures Jesus' prayer in the garden pretty well here in, in that relationship. So if you want to throw that up, John 17, 25, 26, this one's out of passion uh, translation. You are my righteous father, but the unbelieving world has never known you in the perfect way that I know you. And all those who believe in me also know that you have sent me. I have revealed to them who you are, and I will continue to make you even more real to them so that they may experience the same endless love that you have for me, and your love will now live in them even as I live in them. Wow. Let's read that last line. That they may experience the same endless love. We joke about an endless summer. This is endless love that you have for me and that your love now will now live in them even as I live in them. That's awesome. A couple chapters earlier in John 14, 9, he says, you've, you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, Jesus didn't come to bring sickness, disease, suicide, curses, cancer, all this. He didn't bring that stuff, right? What did he bring? He brought good stuff. Like, can you even imagine Jesus back then being like, looky here, guys, you are screwing up big time. My dad is really PO'd right now. You're gonna get destroyed. In fact, some of you won't even exist anymore. It's like you never existed. He's just gonna wipe you out. We don't read that in scripture, thankfully. Right, we've got a good, a good, good father. Um, but what did he do? He came to heal, to teach, to set people free. In fact, if you you kind of jump to Luke four, uh, sixteen to twenty one, this is where Jesus comes into uh, to Nazareth. You know where he'd grown up, and he went to the synagogue, and he uh, he always did this on the Sabbath, and he came to the front to read the scriptures, and he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want you guys right now, just take your hands out and just, you know, as we jokingly say here, assume the position, but just get ready to receive, okay? This is Jesus's benediction over you right now. He received it and he's passed this on to you. The spirit of the Lord is upon you and he has anointed you to be hope for the poor, healing for the brokenhearted, new eyes for the blind, to preach to the prisoners, you are set free. I have come to share the message of Jubilee for the time of God's great acceptance has begun. Okay, go ahead and open your eyes. Yeah, that means, hey, Father's good. So Jesus received that, and then he gave that, and we get to give that. I love that. So if you dig in, you find other places in Scripture, and I love to, I love to read the Bible. Actually, I really love to listen to the Bible. Any other listeners, any other auditory processors? Yeah, um, always have it on in the background in places, but... John 15, 9, let my love nourish you. What a great word, nourish. It doesn't say fill, doesn't say complete. It just, it nourishes you. It's something you need all the time. It keeps you healthy, keeps you moving, right? Nourish, what a great word, especially as we come into Thanksgiving. Sorry, I'm hungry. Anybody else hungry? Um, Yeah, but if we are to be nourished, he said it's with his love. Yeah, Ephesians 1, 5 through 6. For it's always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us will glorify his grace. For the same love that he has for the beloved Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. He's not mad. He's not mostly sad. This is what brings him pleasure. 
Like, who's thought about God in, in a state of being in pleasure? Has anybody ever, like, seen that or encountered that or, or had that? I th- yeah, I think God wants to reveal that to everybody here today, to have that love encounter. I just want to read that one again. For it was always in his perfect plan to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us, what a great word, cascades over us, would glorify his grace for the same love that he has for the beloved Jesus he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. Mm. Yeah. So here's the thing. We've had a crazy 18, 20 plus months, right? I don't think anybody planned for this, was prepared for this. Some of us are still kind of like wading through the, the muck and the mire of, of all of this. You know, if I'm honest, I'll, I'll tell you, and many of you know this, the ones that are close, that a lot of the events of this past year really took the wind out of my sails. Um, but it doesn't matter what happens in life. It really doesn't. It doesn't matter what hand you're dealt. God can win with it. Think about that. Sometimes you, uh, I'm not really a card player. I mean, if I am, it's like Euchre and the other Midwesterners. Um, you know, maybe Rummy, you know, like to play those two. Thank you in the back. Um, but other, you know, I'm not really a poker player. I think it's funny. If you ever watch Christians play poker, it is the funniest thing. They may bluff and at the end they'll explain it. It's almost like, you know, I know I'm not allowed to lie, but like, here's really what happened. It's, it's the funniest thing to watch. Um, <laughs> But Psalm 27, 13 to 14, I think kind of sums us up a little bit here. I believe with all my heart that I will see again your goodness, Yahweh, in the land of the life eternal. Here's what I've learned through it all. So think about the last 18 months. Think about your whole life and see if this sums it up a little bit. Here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous and never lose hope. Yes, keep on waiting, for he will never disappoint you. Soak that in. He will never disappoint you. Looks like it's clouding up pretty quick. He's not going to disappoint. It may not turn out the way that you're expecting, but if you have the expectancy that it will turn out for your good, it will. Yeah. This is one of my favorite scriptures here, Hebrews eleven six. Again, because it's one of the things that really shaped my belief in the fact that he is good right? We all know the first part. It's impossible to please him without faith. Everybody's heard that. You got to have faith. Well, first of all, who gives you the faith? He gives you the faith, and he's pleased with what he's deposited in you, right? So, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. For the one who comes to God must believe that he exists and that he proves to be one who rewards those who seek him. You know, reading it in, you know, like, um, I think it was that NASB, you know, some of the other translations, he rewards those who diligently seek him. I like to get rewarded. Anybody else like to get rewarded? I mean, that's a pretty cool thing, right? So what are the criteria? You believe that he exists. Everybody here believe God exists? I hope. If not, please come talk to me afterwards. And then two, that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Yeah, that's awesome. That's like that's what it takes to please him. That's awesome. I love that. That's so good. So I want to share some of Andrew Jesse's 
testimonies. He wrote up some testimonies from the um, the outreach to Crane's Roost, and th- these are amazing. I'm not going to read all of it because, you know, it's, it's kind of like the book of Acts. You know, only the extraordinary miracles were, were written down because there were so many. This is what I love about what Andrew Carey, so thank you, brother. But um, I want you to see the common theme in some of this. So at a minimum, 10 to 15 healings took place at the outreach as I lost track after a while as people were getting healed left and right. Every healing but three manifested on the spot. Here are three quick examples. A mom was with her daughter. Mom had pain. I declared healing, and the pain left uh, her back instantly. And her eyes started to water. I told her that Jesus loved her, and I asked if she wanted a free spiritual reading, so I took her over and her daughter to get in line. When they got in line, the mom said that her daughter had significant sciatica pain. The daughter didn't feel good enough. Uh, But I told her that Jesus cares for her, declared healing, and the pain left the daughter instantly. Both of them were blown away and both experienced the love of God. Two men sitting on the bench, I asked the guy if he had pain. He said, no, the first time. And then the second time he said, yeah, he had significant pain in his foot. Told him that Jesus loves him and how he wants to heal him. I declared healing once again and then uh, told him that Jesus really loves him and told him to try to do something that would normally hurt. He jumped up and down. The pain was gone. Come on. The other guy um, <laughs> uh, had pain in his chest and his shoulders hurt all over. And one of the guys who was with Andrew he told him to go over and declare healing. And he too was healed instantly. Right? You don't have to wait. I know there's some debate between, you know, like is healing instant? Does it take a while? It's both. Um, but it can happen instantly. And I love that. A uh, man with a ruptured disc in his back was in significant pain. I told him that he can make the, that I can make the pain go away. He said, How? I said, I asked him first, do you want the pain to go? He said, yes. And then I told him about Jesus and mentioned uh, that he had gone to church just yesterday. And I told him, it doesn't matter. All Jesus wants is a relationship with you. He wants to love on you. I declared healing and he was instantly healed. Mm, That's so good. Yeah. Let's just give God a, a round of applause to say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, come on. For anybody that has had a radical healing, who's had a radical, you know, like I'm one, you know, yes, I love it. Thank you. Like I was in a church service. I had had back issues, like discs out, bad, really, really bad, horrible pain all the time. And, you know, I was at another church. This is, I don't know, 15, 18 years ago. And um, guest pastor and ours was gone, but some guy he was in. And uh, I've shared the story before, but I love to share these stories. It's so good. It was boring. I couldn't tell you what he talked about. And at the end, he folded up his, his little, little black binder there. And he, you know, it, he's like, you know, looking around, all smiling. I'm kind of like, okay, what's next? And he said, how's your faith? And everyone's just looking around like, I don't know. How's yours? Is it good? Is your faith good? I don't know. How's your faith? You know, and he said, those of you with back problems, get up here. So anyway, first of all, my spine stiffened when he changed his tone, <laughs> you know, but you know, and he called out a bunch of other stuff. And so a few people down for me, this lady who had had uh, corrective refractive surgery, like LASIK, but they screwed it up. Like, pro tip, like don't go to discount places for stuff like that. Um, they overcorrected, I think it was either 1,400 or 14,000%, but she was in essence blind in one eye because of the surgery. And it was just, it was really bad. So she started screaming bloody murder, a few people down. You know, so you're, you're like, you know, up front, you're waiting for prayer, you're kind of like, you know, look to see what's going on. She said she felt a finger go in and rearrange stuff. She threw her glasses down. She's running around the church at this point like, that's red. And she picked up a book. I can read. And it just, it was like, kind of built my faith, right? 
you know, and then he got to me and, and I have no idea what he said. All I know is I felt fire on my back. No one was touching me. He was in front of me a few feet, just blessing like this, said whatever he said. I felt fire. And at that point, you're like, oh my goodness, no pain. He's like, how do you feel? And oh, God. knew me a Christian. I was like, holy crap. I actually said that in church. Holy crap. I don't feel any pain. He just smiled at me and he's like, just go sit down and thank Jesus. It's like, oh, like a little kid, man. Oh, yeah. So Jesus, yeah. So here's the thing that it's so true. Like, if you don't go in love, you don't go with the dove. Say that again. If you don't go in love, you don't go with the dove. And I love that Andrew is bringing love encounters to people. You know, one of the coolest things about going out, and this is what I love. I love to be out and about and just encounter people and just encourage them where they are, is that there's no pressure when if I'm going in love and I'm just there to build them up and to, to love on them. If I'm trying to get something, there's a ton of pressure and I hate it. But if I'm just going to love, would you agree? Yeah, it's so simple, right? It's about love encounters, encountering the Father. And unfortunately, I see two camps of, oftentimes in Christianity. And guess what? I've belonged to both, okay? One is uh, we get hung up on our call, our destiny, our purpose. In other words, it's all about me, Lord. Yeah, um, we forget to uh, enjoy him, like sitting at his feet like Mary did. Here's the antidote. Delight yourself in the Lord. Those other things will come to pass. And then the other camp is they get hung up on pleasing people and trying to please God, like Ralphie. And again, you know, to please him, you just must believe that he exists and that he's a rewarder of you for seeking after him. That makes sense? All right, last movie quote. Who has seen the new movie Dune? Oh, come on, that's it? All right, we're going to do an altar call? No, I'm kidding. Um, now, there's, I loved the original one as a kid. It was very moving to me, and it is, although there's so much darkness in Hollywood and places like that, it's amazing how many godly influences sneak into things. And you can really see God in just about anything that you look at, right? And sometimes you really have to look hard, uh, and sometimes you shouldn't be looking. Um, but, you know, in, in movies like that, it is sci-fi, it's kind of cool. But um, this new one, um, it's an amazing cast, an amazing, like, the, the visual effects and everything that they did, just absolutely stunning. But the basic story, since so many of you haven't seen it, is um, there are some great, this is like futuristic space. It's like the year 10,000 something, okay? And each planet is like a different like house, okay? So um, the most valuable substance in the universe is this thing called spice or melange. And it's harvested on this planet called Arrakis or Dune. That's where it comes from, okay? So the bad guys are the Harkonnens and the good guys are the Atreides and the emperor set up them to fight. That's the backdrop, okay? So... The Harkonnens were told to leave Dune, and the Atreides family and their armies are supposed to come and take over that planet, and neither one can understand why did the emperor just do this. Paul, who is the lead character and sort of the, the savior, if you will, he, is, he wants to go ahead and, and be there ahead of time, and his dad's explaining, no, you are too valuable. You are the future of House Atreides. And they have a little bit more dialogue and then he says to his dad, but dad, what if I'm not the future of House Atreides? And his dad just looked at him. And it's, uh, it was a really awesome moment. Dad just says, you know, great men, are, they don't seek to lead. They're called to it, and they answer it. And if you choose you know, not to, if your answer is no, 
that's okay. Because you will be the one thing that I've always needed you to be, my son. Wow. I mean, how godly is that, right? In a sci-fi movie? Ah, oh, crazy. So as a doer, somebody pointed this out to me years ago. They said, Jay, you are a human being. You are not a human doing. You do things, but remember that you're a being. So as you are doing things, just remember to be. That sounds like a big tongue twister there, but that's the point. So what I feel like the Lord is saying to you all, and if I could have a, the ministry team come up here, is love encounters for you. I feel like the Lord is asking like, hey, will you be my son? Will you be my daughter today? Will you let me love you? Will you let me nourish you today? Will you receive the reward that I have for you today? Come to me, sit at my feet, and let me love you. That is what the Lord is saying today. So if you just want a fresh love encounter, want to enjoy the presence of the Lord, want a prophetic word, come on up. You know, come to any one of the ministers here. We, we typically do in teams and just get refreshed. Just come and let God love on you through them. That sound good? Okay, all right. Well, I bless you all. In Jesus' name, Lord, I thank you so much for the love encounters that you've given me. You've given so many here in this room, but Lord, we want more. We want more of you. We're seeking after you. We enjoy your presence. We love you, Jesus. We love everything about you. We want more of you. And I know that we have all of you we'll ever need or ever have, but we want more revelation of what we have. We want to experience what we haven't yet. And to quote Graham Cook, one of my faves, he always says really cool stuff like, God is not disappointed or upset or, or anything like that with you. You are perfect in his eyes. And anything that you're missing in his relationship with you, he is committed to giving you that. So come and receive that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Acts 2 podcast. Love God, love people, and live life. 